Welcome back to Macabre Mondays, Meet the Maniac. I'm your host, the Chronicler, aka Maya, and today I'm joined by our maniac, Mr. Scoot, author of the tech noir series Duel, amongst other notable stories. Scoot is a Catholic writer on Substack, boasting several newsletters, namely The Peasant Times Dispatch, Gibberish, Stained Glass Catechism, and Bima Sakti. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's a collaboration with uh, Michael Marpong. It's a, um, I'm sorry, Michael, if I've mispronounced your name. It's a, apparently the Indonesian word for the Milky Way. So, uh, so Scoot, you are a man shrouded in much mystery, um, I'd say. So why don't we suspend I've... some of that with a proper introduction from you? All right. Um, hi, I am Scoot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say besides what you said. I write a bunch of things. I don't write a lot of things and um i'm kind of new to the uh macabre monday crew um kind of I, I didn't i didn't feel right kind of putting my name in the hat for the lottery until i started like writing something scary so and it's it's funny because like i i'm afraid of or i'm not i don't handle it very well so i don't know i don't, I don't know what else to say um i'm a human being i have a like a an, an actual face that's not like a heart in a betsy ross flag and um that's uh i i, I don't know i i've i've already figured it, i've already lost words so there 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 you go don't worry i'll have enough room enough of them for the both of us all right i'm a chatterbox <laughs> um <laughs> so uh how did you get started on substack um so the uh the the catholic endeavors were really the first ones um i was on wordpress for a while and Substack kept popping up. People kept on talking about it. And there it would like so and such and such writer is talking about this on Substack. And I was like, all right, let me let me explore it. Let me check it out. Maybe um kind of see what kind of trouble I can get into. Um so Peasant Times Dispatch was kind of the first venture. And Substack makes it so easy to like go paid, to um like feel legitimate. Like, I don't know, WordPress feels like a blog and Substack feels like a professional newsletter. So like the idea was that I was going to start professionalizing my writing and, um, uh, you know, try to see what kind of an audience there is for it. Um, the fiction side of the house actually came. So gibberish was originally supposed to be a language newsletter. It was because like I, I was getting into conlanging and, um, like wanted to do more with that. But, um, I just didn't have the time. And I, I I started it, you know, I think a couple months after I started the Peasant Times Dispatch, did nothing with it. So then January of 23, I rebooted it. I was like, I'm going to post fiction. I was trying to put fiction on Peasant Times Dispatch and I just, it, it didn't fit with everything else that was there. So I was like, all right, let's separate it. Let's have fun with it. And um, the rest is history. It was, a, it's been a lot of fun to uh, um, play around with gibberish and kind of experiment with things. It's been a lot of fun reading what you have. You mentioned Kong Lane. Do you use a lot of those skills for the Bima Sakti newsletter? That one's that one has just started, like a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, or maybe a month ago. Um, so eventually, maybe. Um, but I definitely I, I I love what Token did with his languages, and I love the depth that they that it adds to worlds. Um, I I think about just the name of things a lot, and like it doesn't take a lot of effort to go and um, either like back rationalize words. So uh, 
an example of what of what I've done is uh, uh, last summer I posted a longer story called Blood or Flood, which is set in Atlantis. And, um, you know, I didn't think I wasn't thinking about like inventing a language for it. But um, afterwards, I was just thinking about it. And so I posted a couple world building articles on like how I might approach building a language based on what I've already done without thinking about it for the story. Um, and uh, so I was able to like you, you back rationalize things and then you could just the language expands very organically once you get a couple guardrails and then you just follow it a little bit. Um, so it, it added a lot of depth. And if I ever wanted to expand that story, now I've got some direction. I've got, you've got to understand like history, culture, um, just kind of the way people think. And um, it, it, it kind of all flows naturally from there. That's so interesting. Were you into Kong Lang before you started writing fiction or? Um, yes, ish. Well, it's funny because I was interested in language first and foremost. So my mom is from Canada grew up hearing French all the time. Like I like to joke that I know how to scold myself in French. Like I don't actually know French. So um, languages have always been really interesting to me. And I I've done like a stint on Duolingo or two, just kind of exploring other languages. Um, I took like, a, I took a weird combination of languages in school. Like in high school, I started with Latin, then switched to German for some reason. And then I took like a couple years of Spanish in college. So like, they, they all just kind of mixed together and it just, it was, it was interesting, but I didn't really unlock language. I didn't know how to understand them until I started looking into like constructing languages. Um, there's a website, Zompist. Um, I'll send a link to it. Um, but it's, uh, uh, it really broke down, like what would, what are the steps that you would take to create a language? And it just kind of unlocked real languages for me so then I was able to like in trying to invent a language I was understanding the grammar rules and like the minute constructions that go into understanding like real languages so kind of both of them ascended together and that was just really interesting to me that is interesting it's interesting you started with latin because I feel like that's a key to so many languages and it's so mathematical the way that it's structured I feel like well and that's uh, one of the things that I've realized is that it's Indo so I, I forget where I've talked about this, but like there are people who will talk about being polyglots and I'm not trying to like insult polyglots of certain varieties, but like if someone says that they speak seven different languages, but it's like Latin, French, Italian, German, English, you know, whatever, like those are all Indo-European languages. They share more things in common than they have different. Um, but like when you start looking into like Austronesian languages, like uh, Tagalog in the Philippines, uh, Indonesian, uh, you know, Vietnamese, things like that. Like you're getting into entirely different language, like an entirely different language family. The way words are formed is completely different. The way like there, there are uh, grammar structures that are, don't exist in English. So it's the closest thing that you can get almost to a truly alien language because it doesn't have anything in common. Um, so like when you find some, if you, if you were to encounter someone who like speaks, you know, languages in different language families altogether, then that's just, it's, it's, you have to break down the process and then relearn it from the ground up. So that, that's something that's been really interesting for me to like approach without really understanding it. Interesting take a uh, direction that this podcast took. Yeah. I, I didn't expect <laughs> Here we are. Language Monday. Yes, exactly. 
So what got you into writing fiction, if you don't mind me changing yeah, the subject? No, please. Um, fiction at all. Uh, I have always been a like imaginative person, I would say. Um, I, I, I live a lot in my head. And so I, I think the, the, I can't remember the first fiction I ever tried to write, but I have always been just thinking of like, well, what if this, and what if that, and then just kind of expanding it, I would say, actually, this isn't necessarily like fiction related, but like, um, when I was in like high school, there was an online game called Nation States that was run by um, the author Max Berry based on his book, Jennifer Government. And it allowed you to kind of like create a country and uh, uh, all this stuff. And then like inevitably people had like forums and they would like uh, 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 role play their different countries, kind of like D&D, but international politics. Um, and I like, I dove deep into that and I had a lot of fun with it. And so like, that was kind of, I, I kind of, I guess that was backing into writing fiction by world building. Um, and then I was able to take, take that and then like start doing it intentionally for writing fiction. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So um, I don't know, like uh, the first serial I wrote on um, Substack was is Sandbox Earth. And that came out of a conversation that I had with my dad about just like, well, what happened if aliens came to earth and then didn't notice us? And then they like fought each other. And it's like, it's, it, it, it's an idea that really stuck with me. And it has just lived in my head for all of this time. So writing on gibberish is really the first time that I have like brought that out and been like, Hey, like all of these ideas for my entire life that I've just been swimming around my brain, like, I'm spilling them out for everyone. Like here, check them out. Like I, I find them interesting. I hope everyone else does too. So far, so good, I think. Oh yeah, so far, so good. So far, so great. Oh, one of your top stories, actually speaking of your fiction, uh, was Father and Son. Um, I think that's your most popular on your website. And for me, that's one of the most impactful stories that I read from you. And I think I've read quite a few of your, your stories. Thank you. I'd love to know about the process of writing that particular piece. Um, well, that's, uh, um, it, it's funny you should ask that because, so that's another one that has lived in my head for a long time. It actually started, I drew like a picture, um, at work one time. I, I used to work at a, uh, I don't know, one of my first jobs when I was in college was as a bank teller. Um, and so there was a lot of like downtime. I would have like these post-its, post-it notes, and I would just draw on them. And then I would like put them up like near my desk or whatever and um so like i did so the father and son started as like just a drawing it was like a giant a red giant sun and like a, a man and his son walking into the sunset and like the shadows and all that and it was really cool so like that was that was the inception of the idea um i knew i like i i once i started fleshing it out um i like i knew i wanted it to pack an emotional punch i knew generally the beats that I wanted to hit. But I've tried writing this story maybe like three or four or five times and it just was not coming together the way that I um, I wanted it to. So I ended up, um, I, I reached out to S.E. Reed and I was like, listen, I've got this story that I'm working on. 
it is not it, it is not working for me the way that I want to like wh what 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 advice would you have for for something like this I don't remember exactly how I phrased it but um and then she she um mentioned this idea of like having refrains and so um I I, I don't know if this is exactly what she had in mind or not but like the, the way that I took her advice was that like each character has like a line that they repeat and that like is for them um like uh, uh adina the woman who comes in like i'm here to protect him but then she like changes who she's protecting like i'm here to protect your son not him like spoilers for people who haven't read it go read that um so like i don't know like everyone has different ha had like a different line and then it just clicked and i was like okay like i'm able to establish with these refrains the the like what the 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 defining feature of each character is and so like how they all how they all relate to each other and it just it, it made it all click it all spilled out very kind of easily once i figured out like how to approach it in that way so it was really interesting that is so interesting so it was more musical i guess when you the perspective yeah i get like it's, it's it's yeah it's not a it's not a, a way of thinking about writing that I am very familiar with, but it it worked here because I, I needed to have something that connected the scenes in my head together. And so that served as like the, the, I don't know, stitching for it. Like it's, I had, I had these disconnected scenes. I had the beats, but I didn't know how to merge them together in a way that was like that that made sense and that kept that kind of emotional depth that I was like hoping for um and so this like having these refrains against a different backdrop in each beat allowed me to see kind of how everything was going and so it was I guess that's how that worked but yeah it's not something that I've I've it's not a way that I have thought about writing before and so that was really really good advice from S.E. Reed. Fantastic she's really great she helped me also with developmental editing for a longer piece and it Blew yeah, my mind. Completely she, knows her stuff. she does. She it's really like does. she does this professionally or something. <laughs> Another shout out to S.E. Reed on the podcast yeah. uh, two times in a row. Um, I wonder if we can keep this going. That'd be kind of funny. Um, right. You mentioned before that you don't write a lot of horror, don't like a lot of horror. And it's kind of funny because um, I, I wouldn't describe you as a horror writer, but one of the first earliest stories I think I read of yours was Powerless which is a sci-fi horror. Um, yes. You did a great job with the Blackwater entry. It's one of my favorites. Thank um, you. How did you come to write those? They seem very different than your usual style. So it is it is interesting because I, I, one of the things that I like to do with gibberish is deliberately experiment with my writing. Like I know I have a natural inclination to science fiction, but like, you know, horror is, completely outside of my element so like let me try like I, I'm, I'm not losing anything by experimenting and if I do a terrible job I'll just never touch it again um and so so powerless actually uh bounty hunt was I think the first attempt to really get something scary um like I wanted to capture the the terror of running away from a relentless hunter and um and powerless kind of came out of that line of thought whereas like okay like how can I'm, I'm playing with tension playing with like the unknown um so i guess man i'm trying to think like powerless came out of like i just decided to write something on the drive home one day and so i 
I just, I, I, I kind of cranked it out and I, I, I knew generally kind of an idea. I think that one actually, did that one have a musical accompaniment? Some of them have like music that inspired me to, to, to write it. I'm trying to remember if that one did. Um, I don't remember if Powerless did. I, I remember I the, for me, the audio for Powerless comes from Cole Noble's podcast. So I can just hear oh, the, rumb yeah. the, the rumbling sound of the ship, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's the only thing I remember about sound. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably didn't have like a song for that one, but like there's some, some of them had like a uh, uh, music that in inspired me to kind of go for a mood, I guess. Um, the Blackwater entry, that one, I, I wanted to do something different. And I was like trying to think like the original idea when you initially talked about Blackwater, like the, the first thing that I reached for was like, poor man trying to make ends meet, like trying to make a buck subscribes to this like clinical trial. And then like, I, I I didn't write it. And so I sat on it um, and a lot of other people did did like a similar kind of idea much better than I could have. Um, so I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna kind of go in on, on that kind of thing. Then I was like, all right, well, what else would be kind of a unique thing to have in this idea? Cause like the, 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 the concept that you've brought up here is fascinating to me. Uh, like, and how everyone has been able to be so consistent like attaching to the lore like it's it's amazing what everyone has done. It's been really fantastic just to to witness and to be a part of. Oh yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just like it, it's very open ended, and so I, I wanted to to plug in and I wanted to do something something different. So like okay, like somehow I ended up on like serial killer. I was like, oh great, okay. How am I going to write a serial killer? I don't know what it's like to be a serial killer. So I decided not to write from the perspective of the serial killer, like partly also, like, I think I mentioned this, like, like the thing that was difficult about that story for me was like, I did not want to get in the serial killer's head at all. I wanted to like, I, I wanted to avoid it for as long as possible. And I didn't want to like empathize. I didn't want to put myself or the reader in a perspective where they were like empathizing with a serial killer. Um, so I, I didn't. So I, that's where like the Tracy Shields outside perspective came in. Like she was the MacGuffin to like, explain what is happening to him and then it was more kind of an illustrative perspective from um henry prouse the serial killer uh once he got into blackwater um so yeah so i guess like i i, I wanted to illustrate that he was deranged and i wanted to illustrate that he was like kind of scary but i didn't want to i don't know i didn't want to make it overt i was, I was just i'm, I'm trying I'm experimenting with ways to communicate ideas without actually saying them. And so it's like, it's a, it's a fun challenge. And so that's kind of how I approached Blackwater. You did a fantastic job with it. I think by not showing and the limited perspective, it was, it was well done. Based on what you've said, do you think, what, if anything, has writing horror taught you as a non-horror writer? Oh, man. Um, what? you reveal to the reader is or, or i guess what i'm trying to think how to say it like what you do not reveal to the reader is as important as what you reveal to the reader and i so i'm writing something for the uh, wicked writing contest and i'm I, like with the the music theme and i'm i'm kind of having a hard time with it so i'm trying to like wrangle it a little bit and like what i'm bringing to that anyway is um, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to balance how much information to actually share so that I can maintain tension and leave the, the like the reader 
simultaneously knowing what's going on and not having any clue. So that it, it an analogy that I like to come back to is that writing any fiction, but especially kind of writing horror is kind of like telling a joke because if you say the punchline too early, then it ruins the entire thing. Like you want to build up this suspense of something. You want to build up this story, build up some expectation, and then you subvert it at the end. And it's like this, you can, in the last line, you can change an entire story. Um, so figuring out how to maneuver that is very challenging and it's a lot of fun also. What books have influenced your writing style? Um, man, that's a good question. Um, a lot of Asimov. Um, so here's how I'll say it. I grew up on, or I guess I, I literally, literarily grew up on what I call the ABC H's of science fiction. Asimov, Bradbury, Clark, and Heinlein. Um, they all have uh, very unique and different styles. Um, I'd say like Asimov, I really like his expansive universes, the interconnectedness of um, his stories. That's that that was always really inspiring to me. Bradbury's very, uh, I don't think esoteric is quite the right word, but he's like imaginative and almost mystical about his science fiction. Um, Arthur C. Clarke, a master of the short story. Um, he he is someone who can like spend hundreds of words and then change the entire story in like the last word. It's phenomenal. Um, uh, a recommendation for anyone interested in Arthur C. Clarke stories. The short story Rescue Party is one of my favorites of all time. Um, and uh, Robert Heinlein. Robert Heinlein's very philosophical. Um, I really like how how he weaves his philosophical ideas, whatever you think about them, into a science fiction context, into a, a story that actually makes sense, um, things like that. So yeah, I would say they're, they're, those are kind of the big influences on my, on my writing. Those are good. I'm writing down Rescue Party. It's, you will not be disappointed. Uh, so we talked a little bit about your horror stories, but what got you into macabre monday um that's a good question uh, i think it's it's i am fascinated by horror and not in like a like not as a fan but as someone who like doesn't understand it um like there are so many wonderful writers on substack who who just do a phenomenal job writing scary stories and, um, you know, uh, horror is kind of an expansive term. There's a lot of like different subgenres and different facets to the whole idea. So what I enjoy about it is just the exposure to a lot of these different people, um, being able to see and like kind of almost study, I mean, for lack of a better term, like different, their different writing styles. Um, and just... <clears throat> coming to understand a, a like a genre that is not my own. I'm primarily science fiction. Horror is not my thing, but it's really interesting just to see kind of how how everyone everyone writes. And, and Macabre Monday is kind of the way to do that. We talked about Macabre Mondays and you mentioned yeah. that uh, it was a great way to get you introduced to other writers. Who on Substack are you reading these days? Oh, man. Okay. Um, I was afraid you would ask this because like there's so many people and I am going to like even like I have a little notepad here and I was like who I read and then I didn't write anything. Essie Reed already shouted her out. Um, uh, uh, Shana reads uh, 
kindling her stories have been really fascinating for me because again like i'm not not a horror reader or consumer by any stretch um but i I, like just especially from in the the last interview she talked about kind of her ethos behind writing stuff and like knowing that makes it so much more so much more interesting to me uh because you can kind of like see the story behind the story so I, i really love things like that um gosh who else um keeping it on the uh spooky side of the equation um lee Parrish's halcyon horror um she does she does a really great job um with kind of like slow burn tension at least in the i i haven't read everything that she's written but i've read a, a couple stories and I, I really enjoy that um olivia st louis's um wednesday afternoon uh her lost circus I don't know. I, I forget why I dove into that, but I had a ton of fun like reading a story that is just, <laughs> it was, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's scary. It's kind of gross. It's, uh, uh, I, she's still, she's still publishing. So I, I need to catch up on it, but, um, that was just, that, that was a lot of fun to go through as someone who does not really enjoy the genre. <laughs> um, gosh, um, as far as other science fiction people, um, Michael Marpong and his uh, uh, Germanicus, um, he's he, he's got some really interesting ideas and really interesting ways of like conveying those ideas. So that's why I like, I, he, it was a Sci Friday thing where he kind of suggested the, the Bhima Sakti uh, collaboration. So having a lot of fun with that. Red Oscar writes also, um, he, I was really in, like when I started writing on, um, on Substack, I was very jealous of Red Oscar's uh, style. Like it's just, he, the, he he does action sequences very well and very imaginative. So I really uh, appreciate his writing and, and have gotten a lot out of it just by kind of, I don't know, again, studying it. I'm studying everyone's writing. So spoiler alert. He does alert. a great job. Both the short stories, long form. I don't know how he does it. And they're so different. Yeah. They're so always so interesting. Yeah. So I guess that's, that. I'm going to talk for hours if I start listing everybody. Uh, so... I want to plug your Substack side business also. You're yeah. a, a narrator of Voice for Hire. Yes. Um, if you are listening to this and you uh, appreciate my voice, I can use this voice for your own nefarious ends. Um, so <laughs> I, I I don't know. That's been, that's been a fun kind of side thing. Like uh, it was a uh, uh, Cole Noble's Authors and Embers um, where kind of that, the idea of hanging a shingle kind of even came to be. Um, and it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's a lot more challenging than I, than I realized. Like there's so much nuance to reading people's fiction. Um, so if you want, like, if, if anyone listening wants like a taste of what I have produced so far, I think really the only thing that I have put out is um, Michael S. Atkinson's um, man, the good guys, which is, or the good guy, the good guys, um, the good guys which is uh, uh, like the Archangel Michael and Raphael interrogating a snake, which is was just a lot of fun to, to, to read. He's Michael Atkinson is a very Im- imaginative writer. I enjoy his stuff as well. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. Uh, so what's next for Scoot? You're wrapping up Duel or, or you've, ri- you've wrapped up Duel. I think there's one no, more episode left. One more episode. I have, uh, by the time this publishes, if this publishes next Monday, then I will have both written and published... <laughs> the the final episode um i gotta get on that but um so exciting yeah um so that's 
going to be wrapping up here shortly. Um, the selected letters of Armin Talor. I'm really excited about that. That's the the slow burn kind of letter writing is um uh that's like it's a fun experiment. That's experimenting with kind of the mediums more. Um, I've got a gibberish anthology coming if, soon um, where I'm compiling the stories that I wrote in 2023. Um, John Ward has made an amazing cover for it. I'm so excited to get that out. I think I shared a version of it on notes, but um, so that's going to be just kind of a compendium of everything that I wrote for gibberish in 2023. Um, and oh man, what else? Gibberish writing competition um probably come in sometime q1 24 so um so we'll see more announcements on that but yeah that's i honestly once duel is done i'm looking forward to being a reader again because it has been <laughs> it's hard work getting a, a serial out and i've learned a lot from it so it's 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 been fun but exhausting it's been fun reading it i'm sad that it's going to be over um Right. I think we're kind of wrapping up here. I can't believe we managed to fit everything into 40 minutes. That's somehow we pulled it off. It flew by though, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I guess to our readers, we'll sign off here. Um, is there anything you want to leave our Macabre Monday listeners with? Keep doing Macabre Monday. Like just what it is doing for the community is both important within the Substack ecosystem and just fun as a fiction community. So I think it's a great service. So it's great that there's so many people involved. Tell your friends, bring people from outside of Substack in to check out horror writers that are amazing, that are undiscovered in the popular mind. So keep doing that. That's my that's my PSA. Wonderful. Okay, then I guess we'll close off there. So thank you very much for coming and speaking with us today. Thanks for having me.